If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 34 with Suns fan and Cinder. And this episode is especially sponsored by absolutely nobody. Cinder, how are you doing in this lovely evening for me and morning for you? Well, morning for both, technically. Yeah, true. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Getting in the Christmas spirit. Not actually, not really, but um, I'm I'm pretty chill, and I feel pretty awake today, Shannon. As you can tell, uh, that's I great stay to scratching hear. my eye. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. you look We're very good. awake and ready to go. So, thank you for joining. I am us actually pretty awake. Uh, before we get started, I do want to talk about a couple things, Cinderin. Uh, number one, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a spoiler in any way. But there's a show called Mr. Robot that had the series finale. I watched it. I have to say the entire series is brilliant. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I highly recommend it for anybody uh, looking to get into a show. It was, I think season two and three can drag a bit, but season one was amazing and season four was amazing. Uh, for anybody that's into like the hacking scene and whatnot, apparently it's very accurate uh extremely well done center i highly recommend the show although i know you'll never watch it um uh, might watch it i might watch it actually okay now the second thing i want to discuss before we get started i found i don't know what was happening center i i was going through some old videos and i'm trying to remember why i think i was trying to look at like the way we did old formats for videos so Mm -hmm. if you guys don't know we used to do this video on dota cinema way back in the day that would essentially take Cyborg Matt's blog and make it a video. So he used to have this thing where Dota would get updated every week and there would be like substantial things put into the game, like cosmetics or whatever the case may be. And right. we would just make a video out of that. And we would occasionally have guests. So I looked back and I'm like, oh, uh, and you guys can look for this as well if you search for Dota 2 Weekly Update Episode 6 with Cinderin. We had Cinderin on for Episode 6. I'm like, oh my God, this is such a blast from the past. So I click on it. You have a British accent, and I never even <laughs> realized it. Did you realize this? That's crazy. Yes. Tell I me know. about this transition, Cinderin. Transition. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in school and high school, obviously, um, well, I should probably preface this with both of my parents are English teachers, um, mm. and they have a secondary or as, as their secondary language that they teach or taught. They're both retired. Um, so I grew up in a home where English was pretty common and I think both of my parents, especially my dad has a clear British accent, which, you know, if you're a second language speaker, it's kind of either random or by choice, how you end up speaking the language. Uh, A lot of the time it's about who you're surrounded by. Uh, but yeah, my dad had British, uh, British accent and, um, 
at some point when I was getting good enough at the language, I was like, okay, what kind of accent would I like to have? Because I'm in that position where I could kind of, you know, like <laughs> choose. Because in school, you know, most people speak with a thick Danish accent or at least one of some sort. Um, mm. But I, I wanted to go for British accent. So I started doing that. Uh, and then obviously early on in Dota, I cast some with, uh, with Matt Mortigan, who was American, and then with Toby, who was Australian. And obviously Australian and British come pretty close. Uh, so I guess that kind of inspired me a bit, uh, casting with him as well. That had an influence on how I spoke. Uh, but then, you know, at some point, it's just I started, I guess, just just over time, the people I was speaking to, the way it happened, what I was listening to, whatever, it kind of just phased away into American, more American accent. You say I don't have an American accent, but it's closer than British, that's for sure. Um, I mean, it's pretty damn close, yeah. So now yeah. we got to get that's you to pretty do much a it. When, accent, when I listen right? back on my British accent clips, I cringe. I, <laughs> I think it sounds awful because it sounds forced. Like it doesn't sound natural. It's not at the same like naturalness <laughs> level as it is now. So it's kind of like it sounds like I'm really trying to speak British instead of just well, speaking in, British. Well, in in another five years, when you have a deep Southern accent, you're gonna look back at, back mm. at your current videos. And cringe just as much. It's just I mean, I life. don't really have a doubt in my mind that if I were to live in the UK for two years, I would start. I would get a British accent just there. Maybe not even two years. Maybe just one year. I would slowly That's crazy. transition. It would really be that fast at an adult so. age. Because yeah, I told I you this, so. we talked about. I lived in Cyprus for six mm-hmm. months as like in like first grade, and I came out with a British accent temporarily, but it didn't last right. long. Uh, but as in it, like if I moved to the UK, I wouldn't pick up a. I don't think I would any kind of a British accent. It's hard to say. It really is about who you surround yourself with, right? Like if everybody you speak to every day speaks British, it'll slowly get speak to that you. British. <laughs> Just yeah. ingrain it inside me. All right. Well, thank you for that, Senator. I the the thing that weird it didn't weird me out. It shocked me. I don't even remember you having a British accent. You know, like I. I mean, at the I time, didn't it was change at all. At the time. It, that's the thing right at the time that was what i what it was so it wasn't weird for anybody and then if a it's a gradual transition. change over months then people don't notice like it's not like i went from oh one day you spoke british to the next day you spoke american that's amazing <laughs> but yeah it just that's, that's pretty cool happens over time but yeah okay that's it's kind of funny so let's get started with actual news other than your accent yeah. uh, which i find personally fascinating but that's another story <laughs> uh results from the singapore tournament that just ended the One Esports Dota 2 World Pro Invitational. Very name. long name. <laughs> uh, Vici Gaming ends up taking out EG in a best of five. Uh, 3-0, in fact. A clean sweep. Did you watch any of this tournament? Uh, I watched some games. Um, I would say that most of my feelings of the patch were pretty accurate. Like The way the game is played is a lot around having strong laning into mid-game team fights, and then most of the games don't go late. I don't know if any game reached 70 minutes in this tournament. I don't think so. Uh, so once again, those late-game neutral items are not getting to see pro play, really. Uh, maybe there was one game that went that late. But yeah, most of the time the games get decided between 30 and 40 minutes, and some anomalies are close to 50. But yeah. Now, do you, th- do you think your opinion will change at all, or if it goes to 70 minutes? Uh, looking at the, the, I, the bracket, by the, the way, answer? I think the longest game was 65 minutes, so almost. Oh, that's that's really long. Um, if my opinion will change on whether the items are good or not. Like, is it something you're waiting for to really truly put a stamp on how you feel about this patch? Or do you think it's just you know, mm. miscellaneous? 
Like it's not super important. You just kind of know what it is at this point. Seventy minute items are not super important when games never get to seventy minutes. Right? <laughs> so, what if they uh, change it to be earlier, sixty minutes? Yeah, they they might end up doing that. I think that's okay. Again, the, the items are extremely crazy, so they will end games, and then it's just about how, again, the relative strength within the tier. I don't have a problem with the items being crazy, you, at least not instinctively. Can you move your mic away just a little bit? Okay. So I don't know how much a millimeter is, but let's say an inch. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, kn- I know what both are. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. Uh, a millimeter I didn't get is to 1 25th of an inch, Shannon. 1 25th? No, wait. Am I that does not sound that? right. That sounds no, very small. Okay, well, it is. You know, but, you know. The funny thing is, I, since I lived in the Middle East, well, actually, I don't know if they did this. I think they did this in the U.S. too, but in the Middle East for sure. I did learn about the metric system, but it goes, oh. it all goes away because you drive down the road, everything's in miles per hour. Everything you buy, mm-hmm. although it does technically have, you know, some metric stuff on there. You don't look at it because you're American. You want to be proud of the your, supermarket. Your you culture. buy a stone of flour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the stone. Is that actually from yes. the, Is that an imperial system yeah, measurement? It is. You're it's kidding. It's got to be, man. What oh, else okay. would it be? That's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> it soon it's going to be. Make sense? No, it's imperial. <laughs> there you go. That is true. Uh, so, one announcement that came out of this tournament. Uh, was PGL is now doing a tournament in conjunction with One Esports. And I'm going to read the tweet. Mm -hmm. In partnership with PGL, we're extremely excited to announce the One Esports Singapore Major taking place in Singapore on June 20th to 28th of 2020, of course, at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. The Singapore Major will be the last major before TI-10. That sounds very cool. I think, what tournament? I think it was Nanyang that I had a chance to go to when we owned the team. And mm-hmm. I ended up not doing it for, I'm trying to remember, I just didn't want to travel because I'd just been traveling so much, and I fully regret it. Uh, I've been to Singapore like as a kid, but it's one of the coolest places to visit. Uh, and I've I'm excited been. about this. I've never what? Been. You're kidding. Yeah. I've never been to Singapore. No. Really? I'm not kidding. There's been very few Dota 2 events there, and I haven't been to any of the ones that were. So. Wow. By the way, let's let's just quickly uh, round out the tournament now that you sure. said that, because um, sure. the production of this tournament, seeing that PGL is going to be doing another one, this is you could consider this kind of a test run for the major. Then um, the production of this tournament was really good. It got a lot of praise. Obviously, PGL are massively experienced, but supposedly everything ran very smoothly. Uh, I haven't heard any complaints from players or anything, so I think uh, this could be a really good last major of the season that we get there. Um, and to finally just round out the teams, you said Vici beat Evil Geniuses in the finals. That was pretty lopsided. The games were relatively close for the most part, but Vici still won all of them. Uh, oh, well, not the third game was not close, I think, but the first two. Um, big things to talk about in this tournament very quickly as far as results go. Team Liquid went 10-0 and zero in the recent major qualifiers. They didn't lose a single game, but they got last at this land. So I think that was very surprising to people because mm-hmm. they looked super hot going in. Uh, TNC, the last major winners, end up getting 7th, 8th. And then uh, powerhouse name LGD that most people probably know for their very high TI finishes in the last two years end up getting ninth, 10th. So they're still struggling to get a grasp on the patch. And then positive surprises, Gambit and Alliance getting top four. Uh, mm-hmm. Gambit getting third. Two of the teams that have, are kind of like on the border of being truly title contenders are getting really close at least this time around with their third fourth finish so great job by them yeah 
And we should mention that Team Liquid did not, I think you did not mention them, did very poorly in the group stage as well. Um, and I, I did mention that they got last after going 10-0 in the qualifier for the major. But yeah, they, they did poorly the whole way through. Did they? I don't think they won a series. I think they got one draw. Yeah. Uh, one draw, yeah. One so, draw and four losses. Alliance probably pretty happy about that since that is their former uh, roster. Um, of course, it's been kind of flip-floppy, I feel like, in the past few tournaments, but we'll see how this yeah. goes into the the actual DPC tournaments. So yeah, we yep. can look forward to that Singaporean tournament. Uh, the major, of course, with PGL's help. That's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. And another major was announced, the Epicenter Major in Russia, May 8th to 10th of 2020. Epicenter, of course, known for their extremely high production value as well. Quite possibly the best SFM intro, just general yeah. opening ceremonies of any tournament, probably including TI, I want to say. Epicenter's probably better. Am I crazy for saying that? Mm, I think that's I think that's fair. If nothing else, they're more consistently better. TI, it mm. can be really good. It can be kind of meh. Epicenter has always been pretty epic. Have you been to Epicenter? I feel like you yes. have. Yes. What are your experiences one. with uh, that tournament? It was awesome. Um, I remember very vividly. The hotel was incredible. The production was incredible. We got taken care of very well. And it was like I think I had no complaints about that tournament at all. Uh, it was very, very well run. Uh, this was as a player. Uh, I don't know what it was like for talent that year, uh, that event, but I didn't hear anything bad, and it just looked like the conditions were great. So Yep, I've heard nothing. I think very highly of Epicenter. It's been super well organized in my experience. And we'll, we'll so. of course, talk at the end of the, this Dota 2 section of the opposite of Epicenter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which will yeah. probably be the final topic on Dota 2. But let's let's continue with the more important stuff, Sindarin, which, of course, is the Ogre Arcana that was released. Um what are your thoughts? So it comes in like this. I'll, I'll let you describe it because I don't want to give away how I feel. Okay. Does that make sense? You you please yeah. do your best to give us what we need and give us your true opinion. It's two fat fucks riding a chicken and <laughs> counting how lucky they get. Well said. Okay. There you go. So the fat fox, as uh, Cinderin so eloquently alluded to, start out as yellow and red and if you upgrade them which we'll talk about in a minute after we talk about what we think of the arcana itself they turn blue along with the the mount which is the chicken so this i believe is the first ever set that valve has released that adds a mount to an existing set is that correct i'm fairly sure that's correct yeah, I think that's right. I can't think I was of hoping it would be Legion Commander, but that was too early on on the Arcana days, so we kind of lost out on that. So overall, yeah. uh, what do you think of this this Arcana? Does it match up well with the previous ones? How does it rank up? Um, I don't think I've really seen it in play. I demoed it once uh, just for like one minute and tried it out a little bit. Uh, it looked, it looked kind of cool. Um, I definitely... You're going to be very surprised by this, but I kind of like the idea of the chicken, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the past, I've been a bit more uh, conservative on cosmetics, but I think, again, the hero is very easily distinguishable, even though it's different colors and it's on a mount. Like, really? everybody can tell that it's Ogre. Instantly. I dis- Who else would it be? Okay, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. You can't tell it's Ogre? No, actually. Well, at first really? glance, I, I was actually playing a game. I play, Okay, so let me just preface this first. I played a bunch of games mm-hmm. with people that are just spamming this. 
One of which is Sir Action Slacks, who for some reason this is gonna be a of side course. this is gonna be a side rant, but holy fucking shit. He goes like brown boots into double heart on <laughs> ogre. Like how does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? Anyway, that's that's a whole nother story. But again, oh, when when this was picked, I legitimately thought, and just keep in mind this is the the first style, which is golden red. I legitimately right. thought it was Snapfire. It actually looked exactly the same from behind. Like from peripheral, like if I'm looking at it directly, of course. Now keep in mind, like the silhouette, which again, this is something. Uh-huh. This is an arcana, so they can do whatever the fuck they want. So I, the fact that I'm complaining is kind of fresh, since I want everything so different. Silhouette is completely different, which I'm okay with, but it does come with it at a cost. And people might mistake this for a snapfire. I mean, it's a fat blob on a mount. Like quickly glancing, it looks like snapfire. But having said that, I don't really mind the idea of this set. Cinderin. I yep. like the mount. I despise the color, though. I really hate the color. Um, I don't think the color looks good at all. I don't like the horns very much. They they're too like they they each have a baby horn on the inside and the outside are big horns. So it feels too uniform almost. Uh I don't know. Something about it just weirds me out a little bit. Not a huge fan. The blue one I like a lot more, surprisingly. Um, which I thought, if you look at it, it feels like that's the first style it should come with, right? And it should go into the goal, but they kind of reverse it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with that. But, but the, think the, my, about this. Mm-hmm. You buy this Arcana, and then you're like, man, it's not really what I thought it would be. But then when you level it up, your reward is that you get what you paid for. <laughs> that's you unlock the actual... Work, right? <laughs> I, I, I would agree, though. I actually think... I think it's a fair point. Like, when I look at this Arcana... Um, the colors look a bit uh, like a paint in book. Is that what they're called? A painting book? A paint in book. Is that what it's called? You know, the one where you get the image, but you have to paint it yourself. It's like all the outlines are drawn and then you, a color in book. That's what you call it, right? Oh, okay. You're going super right. basic. Sorry. Yeah. Coloring book. Right. Yeah. Because okay. like if you look at the ogres individually, one of them is just like total gold and the other one is total red and there's like not really gradient there's not mm-hmm. i feel like the shading is a little bit uh basic comparatively like usually the the arcanas that they've done have had really like i, I don't know if for lack of a better word like really clean uh really clean coloring and mm-hmm. this one seems a little bit sloppier for me uh just because of how distinct they are but perhaps that's kind of part of the point with this ogre to really set them apart. But the thing is, when you compare it to the upgraded one, I think the colors are better on that one, too. They're less flat yep. and a bit more, yeah, better better shaded, better totally gradienting on that, too. So. And that's the thing that's weird. It almost feels like they, they mistake. I mean, obviously, they didn't do this, but it feels like they mistakenly released the wrong styles. They flip-flopped them because... Typically, if you upgrade a style, it's not supposed to be what you're... It's not supposed to look anywhere similar to the original hero, it's supposed to look crazier, and that's what the first style actually looks like, right? Yeah. Um, but I think my major complaint behind this is actually the unlockable. Not the style itself, but how you unlock it. So I think the way they do this for Arcanas, generally, I am just not a fan of it all. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head how exactly it is. So actually, this is going to be interesting for the cosmetic lovers out there. So mm-hmm. you can give me credit for some of this, by the way. Although it's not like it's super... Uh, game what's the word for it it's not the most unique ideas but i did present some of these ideas this is way back when when we came out with the spend set okay 
uh, of unlockable styles. They didn't have anything like that. I was like, this will be really cool if you do this. They ended up doing it for another set. Uh, and then something different for ours. But the one big one that I really wanted was for Pudge, which we did come out of the Pudge set. And the idea was for the beard to grow every time you level his ultimate. Okay? Mm -hmm. They obviously, they, they said they couldn't put that in the game yet because they hadn't coded. It would take too much uh, effort to do. They ended up doing that for Monkey King, which I, that's one of my favorite Arcanas because it changes each and every game depending on what level you have it, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, the rest of the Arcanas, I feel like some of them are not they're just not it feels like it's an unachievable goal pa for example is like the worst in my opinion so you get this thing and during the first x amount of weeks that you can get it it pro it provides you a certain like more wins than you should be getting so essentially you need to get 100 wins on pa to unlock the third or fourth style whatever the highest is but during that first couple weeks the games will count for more so if you buy it after you're fucked you're never getting 100 wins I played it up until like I got the equivalent of 60 wins, and I still have not unlocked the last slot because I don't play PA that much, but I love the, the Arcana. <clears throat> right. This one, now tell me if I'm reading this right. You have to get 10 multicasts in a row. Once you reach 10 multicasts in a row, each additional one counts as one, uh, what did they call it? One point. And you have to get like 500 points to unlock the second style. streak. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know how difficult this is. Maybe you just need to spam Ogre. It's just bound to happen. But it feels it doesn't feel good just from reading. Uh, yeah. The the thing about this goal, perhaps compared to correct me if I'm wrong, the PA one, the way you got three points on the PA one was by completing your contract and winning the game, right? Yeah. And your contract was that the Oracle at the start of the game told you you need to kill this enemy hero once, right? Was that what it was? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Part of it, I Something think there were different like types of contracts. Yeah, it was very, okay. it was kind of, you had to win though, regardless. And by the way, Pudge is probably the worst one. You have to win 20 or something games against a Rubik. Like, you can't control yeah. when the enemies have a Rubik. It's so dumb. Like, you're paying $40 for this, by the way. $40. And you can't unlock the second style easily, you know? I think the, the main thing for me is how it impacts games, right? Because the, the Pudge versus Rubik thing is one thing where it's like, it's gimmicky, the Rubik needs to be in the other team, and then you can get it. But the thing that's worse is if the unlockable style kind of affects how you play the game, right? Like you're playing, let's say, I mean, I always have this competitive mindset, and I know it's boring, but you're playing ranked, and a guy in your team picks Ogre. And he has the Arcana, and he really wants to get the better Arcana. So what's he going to do? He's going to spam his spells at every given opportunity instead of using them well, right? Right. Because the only thing the Unlockable cares about is getting many multicasts in a row. So if that is indeed how it works, it affects playstyle of players. And I, I don't think that should be the design choice of the Arcanas. I don't think you should specifically try to guide people to play in a specific way that should be their choice in my opinion one of the beautiful things about dota is that it's totally up to you how you play the game uh and you can be creative and play in many different ways but i mean this kind of streamlines the way you play the hero um in mm -hmm. comparison the most recent one that had something similar i think was the Earthshaker arcana right uh, where the way you make progress on the arcana is getting um kills or assists with echo slam which I think is a lot more, you know, you could argue, okay, people are going to sit back and wait for the perfect Echo Slam and then get it. Well, fucking they already great. do that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, true. And 
and even it doesn't discourage people from going for single or dual hero echo slams either, right? Because you want to cast the spell, you want to win the game. If you don't win the game, you don't make progress. Um, and maybe it sounds weird, but I feel like you can't just transfer that argument to Ogre, where it's like, okay, people are going to be casting their spells really wisely because they need to win. I guess you need to win for the counter to go up, right? Or if you don't even need to win, then it's even worse. It doesn't say anything about having to win. Okay. Um, I believe you do need to win on both Shaker and PA and, I don't know, right. maybe all of the other ones. I mean, the PA one is just like this endless grind, and it's not the mm. worst no, one. It is, I think yeah. the, the Pudge one is the worst, I think, out of all of them, just because you can't control the enemy has a Rubik. Like, they pick well, a Rubik, if they do, you, you can choose to pick it, right? Sure, but 20 times, so like, however many times, that's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it, I think the issue long. I have is more about the money spent. Like, if... If you spend $20 and have to unlock that yourself through grinding, fine. If you spend $40, it should come with both styles. I'm sorry. Like, I don't give a shit about unlocking personally. I know there's a lot of people that like want to unlock stuff within the set, but you're paying $40. Do you really want that extra work on top of Like, think about it. When was the PA Arcana? I don't spam this hero by any means. This was uh, like three, four years ago, I want to say. Yeah, it's maybe even more. In three or four know. years, most people, guaranteed most people that bought that set still, still do not have the highest uh, style. Right. Is that how it should be for a $40 set? I guess you could debate it, one way or the other. Yeah, it's I like debatable. Because so. if it's hard to achieve, then there's prestige connected with it. And it's on an right. Arcana. And then it's like really cool and really prestigious to have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think perhaps what they could do instead of having it like that, um, the the thing that's kind of nice about the PA Arcana level up system, the way I see it, is that it it adds something extra. You know, it gets that little bit cooler, but it's still the core is still the same. The Arcana is what it is, and what you upgrade by getting it to a higher level is that the daggers get gl- more glow, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas for Ogre, the entire layout of the hero just looks different. It, it's the same mount and the same hero, but all the colors are different. Uh, I don't know if some of the animation colors get different. I would guess they do. Um, so the progression system on the PA, when you buy the Arcana, you get the majority of the coolest look, and then you earn the last 10%. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Ogre, you buy the Arcana, and then depending on which style you like the most, you know, you earn 50%. Um, so perhaps what you could do is, like you said, maybe it could come with both styles, let the player choose, and then what you level up by getting enough multicasts is that your weapon glows. Then you're, then there's your prestige, right? Yeah. Then you have this little thing that makes you stand out to people that know you. It's kind of like wearing really fashionable clothes in public where most people don't know, but the right people know. They know that that's Gucci, right? So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe that's an interesting Maybe you could do it like uh, that with Ogre. Now, I don't know. Will you buy maybe. the Ogre Arcana? Like, are you an Ogre player at all? Mm, I have never bought an Arcana, Shannon. Whoa, I, I didn't know that. I thought you might have, have bought a admit, couple at least. You I have don't IO. think so. For I free. can't remember buying one. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have the ones from the. Com- I have a couple, but I think they've been gifted to me on stream. Actually, you never bought I the don't, Lena Arcana. I don't recall buying an Arcana. Hmm. Um, I feel like I've bought. Yeah, I. I can't. Remember. Maybe half of them. I'm not sure. Maybe not even that. Like from Legion, me, I bought. Like, I thought that was a good one. I love but Dota. A lot of these um, I have spent a very good amount on Dota, especially on battle passes. But for me, it's not the best value proposition. I'll just be honest. I'm not inclined to drop uh, that much money on on an Arcana myself. That I completely understand why other people love it. And I think 
I won't say that if something comes out that I find really amazing that I won't do it, but there hasn't been an Arcana yet that had me, hell yeah, let me just immediately well, buy this. this is what's your favorite hero in the game so, right now? Or of all time? Uh, right now, probably Winter Wyvern, I think. So if they came out with a Winter Wyvern Arcana that turned her into a pterodactyl, <laughs> would you buy it? something terrible now. So pterodactyl. Like, no, yeah. It's a dinosaur <laughs> instead of a Wyvern. Would you buy it? If it looked cool, obviously. It's possible. I, I, I think perhaps it's also a little bit about timing and luck. Like a lot of the heroes that I've got on Arcana are not heroes that I maybe play that much or care that much about. But Ogre is actually one of my all-time favorites that I used to play a lot, even in competitive. Mm. Uh, maybe but it's because I don't play Ogre right now. But Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah. it might be related. Because I feel kind of the same way. A lot of these Arcanas that have been coming out haven't been heroes that I play. If they came out with a Pango, I... Th- even if it kind of sucked, I'd probably still buy it because that's by far my favorite hero. You know, yeah. Centaur maybe up there as well. But yeah, it's very dependent on the hero. Okay. Uh, interesting though. We kind of agree that neither of us are in love with it, but it's not like the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. Progression of it, not not so great. Yeah, uh, I think so. In addition to the Arcana, a treasure came out. The Frost of his 2019 treasure, in fact. It came with, I believe, nine guaranteed sets and two rares. Uh, right. <laughs> just talk to me about things that maybe catch your eye other than the rares. We'll get to those on their own, Cinderin. Oh, man. I just, I love looking at how gradually sets, like, <laughs> none of these sets would have made it into the game five years ago. Literally yep. zero. Of course. Well, that's not um, true. Morana. Morana would have. Yeah, perhaps the Morana could have made it, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Things that stand out Triant is a tree. Uh, with More a of a tree. Christmas tree, kind of. Or He's like a tree that. with a tree and an owl on top. It's actually a kind of funny set. Yeah. Uh, Alchemist is a Viking. Uh, pretty weird. Or, well, a pretend Viking. He has horns on the helmet. Shannon, did you know that that depiction is incorrect? Who cares? It looks cooler. The Vikings Next. did not have horns on their helmets. Nobody cares about history. This is your education for today. It did not happen. They did today not I learned. They got depicted that way because then they looked scarier. Depicted by who? Who created that image? I don't know. It was them. They, they knew it, it looked cool. They just couldn't. <laughs> they didn't have the technology to build it. Okay. They just wanted. Leshrek is a reindeer. Uh, yeah. Sven is Arthas. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. A lot of people um, complain about Sven. Yeah, I think out of the out of the non rares in this chest, I think the sets I like the most are probably AA, who gets like a a robe, which I think kind of fits the hero. Actually, it I'm surprised cool. that. Yeah. I think that looks great on the on the hero. I mean, the, Maybe the lore issue, wise it makes sense too. The issue with the hood, I mean, first of all, hood makes everybody in this game look better. That's something workshop artists know about. They've known about for literally like eight years now. It's just, oh, you can't think of an idea? Put a hood on the hero and it looks cooler. This is definitely the case for A. But the problem is, mm-hmm. Cinderin, the immortal is that same slot. So you can't use the um, immortal with the hood. So now there's like right. this weird, should I just not get the cool effect and just make myself look cool. Most people would choose the effect because it's more noticeable right. than like if you're playing with this hooded AA, it's harder for other people to notice it. And that's what really is the reason mm-hmm. for buying these sets in general for most people. What else? Right. Um, I think out of all of the non-rares, the AA one is the only one that I really like. Okay. Um, Second place probably goes shared between Treant and Dark Willow. And then third place is maybe Lishrak. The thing the thing about this Lesh set is it 
It actually, the colors, I like the gold with the blue. I think that's a really good color match in general. I like gold with red and I like gold with blue in sets. It just looks nice. Um, but it's also a bit weird at the same time. I don't know. Um, bit hard to explain. It feels weird to see Leshrek with this kind of an outfit, but at the same time, it really makes sense for the hero. So maybe I'm slowly changing my mind. Maybe he's actually on par with the other two, Ooh, with Tran and Willow. Okay. Uh, the Sven one, I probably like the least. Wow. Uh, not really that big a fan of the Bane one either. Uh, but I'm I'm looking at a screenshot with it from the side, so maybe I don't think Bane has one good set. I don't think it exists right now. He might I have would the kind worst of There's nothing for Bane that really that I really like. That's really cool. Um, I actually looked in my armor the other day before this set. I literally did not have one Bane set because I was never bought. Oh, wow. And I open every <laughs> okay. chest for videos. So I don't know what the fuck happened there. But right. yeah, the chest... Is it an, I don't remember what it I is. I mean, keep in mind that this treasure, again, we'll get to the, the very rare and the extremely rare, but these are mm -hmm. rare sets, which is a lower rarity than we've been used to seeing. We've been seeing mythicals at the very least, and obviously a lot of immortals right. that have just been spamming the market thanks to TI. Uh, I would kind of agree with your assessment. I think... Uh, yeah, I would agree with all what you're saying. So let's get on to the, the cool ones. The very rare mm -hmm. is an Ursa set, and the extremely rare is a tiny set, which Wait, are rare the very in themselves. Rare is a spirit breaker. It's a spirit breaker set, the very Okay, rare. sorry. The Ursa, aka Spirit Breaker set, <laughs> and the tiny Christmas actual Christmas tree set. Yeah. What do you think of these? I, I don't know. I kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but I love the tiny set. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come to the dark uh, side. Yeah, that's a, that's a real that's a real character development right now, <laughs> right there. Like three years ago, been like a Christmas tree, really. Remember when everyone but railed me back in the day, Cinderin? Look at where we are now. Honestly, yeah, like, we've kind of fuck? just been desensitized. This is how a lot of politics work. You just <laughs> expose people to gradually worse things, and eventually they're like, "Oh, I guess it's okay." You know? Um, yeah. But yeah, this tiny set is is obviously really cool. The, think, the Ursa set, mm -hmm. if anything, you were talking about possibility of confusing heroes with the Ogre and Snapfire. If anything, I think beginners or people that aren't completely used to the size and silhouettes of heroes can confuse Spirit Breaker and Ursa. I genuinely think they could here. Because yeah, they're big, juicy beasts. Yeah, and Ursa got these like horns, right? In the set. It kind of looks like Spirit Breaker's horns too. The color mm -hmm. scheme, everything yeah. about it. But... If you ignore the fact that it kind of looks like Spirit Breaker, it is also on on theme. It's pretty cool. I think this is a cool way of making Ursa into some sort of wintry kind of theme. Mm. Although for me, the horns feel out of place a bit. It's like you have this whole uh, crystalline or whatever you want to call it, crystallized out exterior with all of the frosty shoulders, the frosty bracers, the claws that are shining and and ice basically, and then there's these like wooden horns that. They kind of look glued on, in a way. They, they don't look as integrated. <laughs> okay. If you compare it to the Leshrac set, made. right? If you compare it to the Leshrac set, who also has these like antlers, the reason they feel more natural for me on that set is that there is a continuity between those antlers and the rest of the body, right? Because he has gold in other pieces of the... Pretty much every single piece of the set has some sort of gold. Not mm -hmm. necessarily a lot, but it's just present. On Ursa, this is the only place this color is. And no, that's not true. He has two feathers on his uh, bracer area. They're not the same color, but yeah, Very a similar. bit. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch. It's the lighting, to an extent. you know. Yeah, uh, 
Wow. Yeah, it's also it's like the lighting and the shading of it. It it to me that is a little bit off, but I love the rest of it. So. Now, is he holding a stout shield or a PMS? Both I think of which that's a poor man's shield. Is a poor man's shield. I, I love this so. set. Or maybe uh, it's neither actually. I'm not know. a big I'm not a big Ursa player. Uh, first of all, I didn't get either of these in my openings, mm -hmm. but Nikki uh, actually got two Ursas and a tiny, and she gifted me one of each. The Wait, Ursa from set how is many cool. Chests? She, I thought she only opened nine, but she opened like 18. So she bought everything. That is still absurdly good. <laughs> I wow. looked at the odds. They weren't that crazy, actually. Oh, really? I think oh. the escalating nature of rares, since this is a lower quality, I guess you could say rarity than we're used to, perhaps the odds are a bit different. I didn't actually compare and contrast. But Ursa set, I think, is very good. And the tiny set, goddamn, I love tiny sets. And I, for one, am not a fan, was never a fan of the one that they came out with during TI. In fact, I hated it. I really hated that set. Uh, this one will completely uh, replace it for me. And it, it was a lot of fun to whack people in the face with a, a Christmas tree, not going to lie. <laughs> Doesn't, does it make a sound when you hit them? Uh, it's the same sound effects and everything, okay. as far as I can tell. Would you like it more or less if it made the rattling sound of the... I would love it. The I would, lights because it would annoy it would annoy the enemies. That's <laughs> that would make it so much better. Speaking of sound <laughs> oh effects, though, this wasn't on the agenda. But did you notice they changed the auto attack sound of Void Spirit? Have you noticed yes. that at all? What are your thoughts? I was told by a friend that mm -hmm. the auto attack was equivalent to Legion Commanders or something like that before. It was a placeholder. Uh, it shared with someone. I don't remember if I don't think it was Legion, but it shared with someone. Maybe okay. it was Legion. Um, so what do you think of the new effect? Uh, what's the right word for this? It's a bit too soft, I think. Soft? It's a bit soft and it's a bit Star Wars-y. And I know he's like a mm -hmm. Void Spirit, so he's kind of from, you know, like the... I was going to say the Nether Regions, that's something else. Uh, he's from he's my from, anus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he's kind of, he's. I mean, he's from the Void, so I get that you want that kind of magical touch to it, but... It doesn't sound like a blade swinging. It sounds like... Um, help me out here. You know exactly what I mean, I'm sure. No, not at all. That is not the sound that it makes when a blade hits against armor. But it's a blade of energy. It's a blade of energy. Sure. It is I basically know, I get, a... I get that. It is a saber. But yeah. in a different form, right? At least yeah. that's the way that I, I look at it. I don't know it's what it's probably one of my least favorite attack sounds in the game. Wow. It's just a little it's a little muted. It's not So here's the it's thing. It's at least distinct, which is good. It's unique. I was going to so say the exact clear. same thing. Very unique, which is uh, why I like it. But uh, it reminds me I know it's maybe not as satisfying for some people, but it reminds me even though I know they're quite different, it reminds me of Anti-Mage's attack for some reason. Oh, uh, I think that's a totally different category. It's well, it it's for me, the reason that it reminds me of that is because both of those auto attack sounds are so unique. Mm. Right. And, like, I can't think of another auto attack sound. Now, if I hear it, like, in the trivia thing that we see every year, I can probably pick up most of them, if not all. But these two, for some reason, are just the most unique to me in the game. I have enjoyed playing with it. Out. I will, I will completely agree with that. But I would... I think... I think the idea they have with the type of sound is fine. I just think it's it's too soft, like I said. If it was a bit more powerful, you want to feel like you're playing a powerful hero, right? Like, so what if it ended with a, instead of a sh, it's a sh. Do you like the reverberation? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Valve, come to me anytime. Um, I got a lot of sound effects. But you can, it's a blade, right? So you can easily, I, I mean, I'm saying easily. I don't know how hard this is. But you could imagine at least that you would want it to feel a bit more like the swing of a blade. 
So it has a bit more of that like swing sound to it. The impact, I guess. It's, I think that's the word I'm going to go with. It's too low impact when you hit. Antimages in comparison really sounds like a blade that hits something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to this, which is a bit soft. And I don't yeah, think they enough. would sound similar at all. If you made this more impactful, it would still be very unique. So I like this. So far, this podcast has been great because I think we've disagreed on quite a bit, which is great for everyone involved. Because I play a <laughs> I lot of Void Spirit, <laughs> Cinderin, and right. it's been satisfying for me personally. Do you like... So did it not stand out? Okay, let me try again. Did you notice that he had the same attack sound as another hero until it was changed? No, I had no idea. Absolutely mm-hmm. no idea. And then when they changed did, it, I didn't even the know they changed didn't it. Stand out to you as bad? No, it, I just right? had no. I just have no memory of it. Uh-huh. It didn't have any. Okay. Yeah, it didn't enter my mind at all. And then when they changed it, I didn't like. Were there notes for this? I didn't read it. I just played them. Like, holy shit, this sounds like totally uh, I different. I don't think there were any notes released actually. Yeah, they just ninja did patch. It. Yeah, that's what they do sometimes. Uh, something else Valve did recently. They tweeted out, I quote, make sure to have some free time in your calendar next August. The international main event will run on August 18th to 23rd. This is a record. The literal year before. It's 2019. They yeah. have announced dates. What company is this, Cinderin? Is this who we've always <laughs> wanted? Have they changed... How Maybe big of a Swedish deal law. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you they have were forced to, by law to be a different company. You finally, have to announce <laughs> at least nine months in advance if you're hosting in this arena. Uh, I don't know. It's obviously it's good in every way, right? It gives people a chance to plan holidays. It gives people a chance to book flights. It gives people a chance to uh, coordinate with friends. Just more time for big events like this is really good. So. Uh, and the other thing is they announced the number of days, which is the exact same as always. So we would have to assume that they're not making any format changes. It's six days again for the main event. So probably we're going to do the group stages into a main event with 16 teams playing uh, and not 18, which was a possibility, right? The last two TIs, we've had 18 teams and two of them get knocked out of a group each. I think it'll be the same again this year. Uh, yeah, based I'm on excited. This, uh, they could change the schedule somehow. Not much else to add other than the fact that this is amazing for the scene. This makes such a huge difference for, well, number one, people traveling and wanting to attend the event. Uh, people wanting to even just take time off to watch from home. I know there's plenty of people that do that. Uh, and of course, for tournament organizers that want to create third-party tournaments after TI, they actually know the dates. This is... You can plan an entire year ahead now. Like this is going to make such a huge difference. People don't realize well, a lot of the nuances that go into like tournament organizing, but this does help quite a bit. The thing that you probably can't help think about, or well, I can't, but maybe that's just because I'm a very negative person. Uh, I'm very. not, but you know, um, is does this help or disincentivize scalping, or does it not make a difference? What do you think? I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, because if people know further in advance and they really plan and they mark it down and they're there and they're built up in hype, are they more likely to be there F5ing and trying to get a ticket? Or because there's so much time in advance, the demands the demand will be higher than ever and the scalpers will have even more of a market. That's okay. I think if anything, it would help scal- the scalpers themselves okay. because then you have people that have already bought tickets to go to Sweden Right. That don't have actual TI tickets yet. That's the only scenario yes. that would make sense that 
Uh, I mean, it's just like any traditional sport. Like you have the schedule way in advance and you will have scalpers. It's, I don't know. How do you even combat that? I have no idea. Do you think Valve should do something about it? Because everybody every year is like, man, Valve, you should have chosen a different ticketing service. Or man, this is so stupid. Scalpers are getting the tickets. And it's like, well, it's easier said than done. But if you announce it this long, this far in advance, Mm. is there something you could think of that Valve could do to give a higher chance that people get a ticket? Like, for example, let's say just an idea off the top of my head, which could maybe be super bad because it could be forged. But imagine that you, because you have eight months notice, you plan your trip, you can email at Dota 2 Valve uh, email, you could email with... Uh, your hotel booking and your travel booking and a confirmation of all of it and then you can request a ticket so kind of like a pre-sale where from time to from this month to this month you can do that because then scalpers will have to sell the whole package right they will have to sell the hotel (laughs) the Mm. flight right and the ticket then do you think something like that could work that sounds like a lot of extra work work. it's a lot of extra work do you think that is worth it for the sake Do of I the th- tournament, for ticket holders being uh, to reward people that basically plan and and not risk screwing them over. Right. So, who are these scalpers? I don't. I don't know how to answer your question. By the way, I don't know if that's a, mm-hmm. like the end result is great, but I don't know if it's technically worth it. That sounds like a lot of research right. that to be put into something like that. It is. What if it you is. tie in? If you buy a ticket, you have to have X amount of hours in Dota. Oh, I don't like that one. So it disincentivizes new people from coming. Right. But it also kind of, I mean, who's scalping? I, I could be wrong. I'm just thinking of like scalpers. They're not even, they don't even play Dota. They're just from, they're just trying to make money. Technically, they could be playing Dota as well. I don't know. I don't think that's the cutoff then though. Um, cause Maybe they need to own a I, Steam I account. Really, I really don't think you should disincentivize, you know, new fans that are just like wow dota is actually really fun i started playing a month ago and especially i live in sweden i would love yeah, to go especially to if it's in yeah. a new country that's the big it's thing. like i feel like that's a really dangerous way but like dangerous precedent to set so i would not agree with that solution um yeah and i also don't know like you said we don't know anything about the scalpers they could have ten thousand hours in dota and just be <laughs> looking to make a lot of money right like yeah the pro players think that about don't it make the more a, you know the, dota, event, the better you know the market selling. right so yeah um I, I'm not. I'm not completely sure what you could do. I think something Valve did last year was they did some sort of pre-order thing where if you had, was it the Compendium? There was something this year. They tried to do something for oh, TI Nine. Okay, I'd... where you got some sort of pre-sale thing based on something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was something this time. So I think they are trying to come up with solutions where uh, they reward people that kind of you know are more invested and guaranteed to actually want to go instead of just sell the tickets on but Mm. yeah it's a tricky situation i mean if traditional sports can't do anything about it it, exactly that's the other thing right people are complaining about this but it's everywhere it's in concerts it's in sports and you know it's everywhere it's not a good argument just be like oh well the others can't fix it so it's unfixable but it kind of shows the magnitude of the problem that Concerts and traditional sports, which have been running for way longer than esports, are still right. struggling with this. I mean, so, I just went to a Suns game I literally know. yesterday, mm-hmm. or was it two days ago? Whenever it was, and there were scalpers, and right. they seem so sketchy. Like, how would you ever go up to a scalper to buy a ticket? Like, 
maybe the only thing I can think of is if it's like a super prestigious event, like it's the grand finals of something and you just couldn't get tickets. Uh, right. But for a Suns game, nobody's going to that. Come on. <laughs> Makes no sense. You're doing well this season. <laughs> no, not anymore. We've lost a lot. Oh. We okay. shit the bed. Well, That's why I haven't been talking about that. I'm too depressed. Anywho. Oh, I see. Uh, last topic of Dota 2 before we move on to our final thing. Uh, this was out of left field because I had no idea they were actually going towards this. But Valve apparently mm-hmm. will be suing or has sued. I don't know which one. GESC, the tournament organizer that owes over $750,000 to both players and talent. And I'm sure production as well. Everybody, I don't think anybody's gotten paid for that. This is over two tournaments, both DPC events. Both prevented my captain's draft from being being in an actual good time zone or time table. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, A little extra fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, GESC, you piles of human garbage. Instead of well, whatever. Not gonna rant anymore. This is quite a while ago. What can be done here? Like, I love the idea of this, but we're talking about suing a company from another country. I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend to know the details behind this, Cinderin. It just, even though I like this, I can, I still cannot see them getting this money. You know, I don't know how it works though. Um, I could be totally wrong. So I, I think there's a couple of things at play here. The first thing is the time frame, right? This happened more than a year ago, both tournaments, <clears throat> and I think part of the reason it has taken this long is exactly what you said. That I think uh, international law can be really complicated and. Um, it's possible that there was a lot to go through before they could make an actual lawsuit because you need to, even if you have good lawyers at Valve or whatever, you need to, everything needs to get written out. It needs to get filed in a different country. There's processing times, you know, all of this stuff. It can take very long. Um, So honestly, I don't know if this is slow or fast. I couldn't tell you, but I think it's understandable that it took long uh, Mm -hmm. to get the lawsuit running. Now, in a way, the biggest thing here is honestly to get the teams and the talent their money rather than, or I don't know how to how to word this. It's like, let me let me rephrase this. The most important thing about this is setting a precedent that you can't just get away with this shit. Right. Because 750k to Valve is pocket money, right? It's not very much. Uh, and if they wanted to, they could just pay out the talent and the players the amount that wasn't won because it was a Valve event. But the problem with doing that is it sets this precedent that, oh, Valve are actually, if we run a tournament for Valve and we get their goodwill and we host it, we could actually just run away with the money and they're sitting there with the whole problem. They obviously, right. you can't do that. So um, <clears throat> at least from a PR standpoint, they have to go for this lawsuit uh, so that they protect the integrity of the scene, basically. Um, I, I think if they were to... You're saying it's like a, kind of like a scare tactic. Um, to an extent. I think there's there's two possible outcomes here. One is that they somehow get the money. And if they do, it will obviously go to paying the people that are owed, which is teams and talent and whatnot. The other one is the lawsuit uh, falls through. But like you said, the scare tactic is there. It's that Valve are showing intent and they want to strike down on people trying to scam money out of the scene so that they really disincentivize it. Because even if one lawsuit fails or doesn't go through or whatever happens, it doesn't mean that the next one will. And it will make people at least think twice or even three times about, okay, is this worth it? Like, it's good money to scam this, but we could get into serious fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, which, in in esports history, kind of a big problem is that so many people have got away with it. 
I think that's part of the reason it's still there is that the success ratio of scams is relatively high, uh, which is a huge shame. So you really need these success stories or at least, you know, aggressive tactics to, to have an impact. Um, so let's say the lawsuit fails. What happens then? Uh, do Valve pay the talent and the teams so that, because, you know, they did the work. It was a Valve event. They're owed. If they lose the lawsuit, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to tell you to tell me what they should do, but I think there's a possibility that if this somehow fails, Valve will pay the bill and be like, okay, you know, this was an event. It was a learning right. experience. And so from my understanding, because uh, we did run a minor and I had to sign a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. as the organizer for Valve. Now, that's just a contract between the organizer and Valve. So let's say mm-hmm. I never paid anything. They'd obviously come after me, which would be a lot easier for them since I am in the U.S. Now, right. from a talent side or a team perspective, they're not signing any contracts typically for tournaments. They just say, okay, it, we'll agree. It varies. And if they yeah. do, there's not going to be like these crazy clauses where you can actually go after them, right? In the normal cases. Is- the contract is generally with the organizer and not with Valve. Right. Um, so where Valve is that, outsources the term. Where is that bridge right. exactly? Right. Does Valve intervene at some point? Like obviously the good, the the good boy move would be for Valve to actually pay the talent and whatnot if this thing falls through. I don't think I'm just going to go on a limb here. I don't think that they're actually obligated legally to do that, but I think that. Mm-hmm. They might take flack if they don't, because obviously they have a lot of fucking money. <laughs> and this was, right. like you said, an official DPC tournament. And at the end of the day, even though GESC shit the bed beyond belief, it is Valve's responsibility to make sure that these people can run a goddamn tournament. Because that year they were letting everybody, they let me run a freaking tournament for God's sake. It ended up working out. <laughs> you did great. Well, not for me financially, but regardless, it was still a successful it was a good tournament. tournament. I, I enjoyed was fun. myself. That uh, was good. But either way, I think at the end of the day, Valve will fit the bill. Uh, will uh, foot the bill? Foot the bill. Foot yeah. the bill for this. Foot the bill. I don't know how long it'll take. Probably some mm. more time though, because these things do right. not, you know, they don't get resolved overnight. Okay. Do you think this lawsuit will be successful? No. You don't. No. I mean, do it is a huge company reason? in Valve. I. No, I have zero reason. I have zero knowledge of any of this stuff regarding international law and whatnot. I think if Valve has uh, maybe, what would be a good, hmm, like from Singapore, this would be a Singapore thing, right? Let's forget about GESC because let's just assume they could never pay this back. So does that mean the Singaporean government has to pay? Like at uh, what point I, I does this go to? I don't know the extension of this. And I don't know how the law If it gets to that point, Singapore government versus Valve, Singapore's like, who gives a shit? Just don't have another tournament here. We don't care. I don't know what their perspective is. I have no idea. Well, they have, they're hosting one esports. <laughs> yep, for now. So my guess, again, not educated on this at all. Usually if I'm not educated, I won't tell anybody and just pretend to know. I am not educated on this at all, Cinderin. But my guess mm-hmm. is this will not be successful. And it's more of a, hey, we will sue you if this happens. This is for more of the future thing. And then... Once this is technically resolved in whatever way it's going to end up being resolved, Valve will pay the money. Has it been announced what they sued him for? Like, not category, but amount. Well, the number 750K was thrown around, but no. I don't yeah, think that's an the official... amount of money he owes. That's The text here says Valve sues organizer that owes 750000 And usually when you sue someone, you sue them for the amount they more. owe plus... Damages. You know, damages, workload... Yeah. 
all this stuff. Hey, so I don't I know just, what they're uh, saying for it. Can I just throw this out there? If, if anybody from Valve watches this podcast or listens, which I highly doubt, but just in case, by the way, great taste in podcasts, but secondary, <laughs> if you guys get a shit ton of money for this, could you perhaps give me a little bit? Uh, because if you think about it, GESC kind of fucked me too in a way. <laughs> Just saying, just throwing it out there. You, know, you never know these things. Oh, if you're watching this podcast, please don't <laughs> fucking sue us. <laughs> yes, don't sue me for uh, coming up with all the amazing ideas for Arcanas. Okay, moving on, Cinderin. Uh, right. that, that is the end of our Dota section. I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What do you do for the holidays? Do you do anything mm. special? Do you have traditions? Take me through your every year rituals so, if anything so when you say you you mean me individually not denmark right yes you okay so christmas um, or new year's all right. of it whatever yeah so hanukkah historically basically more or less every christmas with very few exceptions i've been at my parents place on christmas eve which in denmark that is the big christmas day um the primary christmas, christmas day in denmark is the 24th of december okay. is christmas in denmark that is when you generally have the best food. It's when you share gifts. It's when you have mm-hmm. family over. You generally also have that on the Christmas days. But I know in the U.S., Christmas Day is the big day, right? That's where you do the big stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the yes. family day. So for us, it's different. It's the 24th. Um, almost every year, I've spent it with my parents. Uh, it's always just been... We have a very small family. It's been me, my parents, and my brother. And then obviously, my girlfriend has been there a couple of times too for Christmas now. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a small gathering. Um, generally what we do, we have good food. It's also my birthday. So the day is a little bit special for that reason. Cause we're also celebrating my birthday. So we have birthday cake in the afternoon. Hold on a second. Uh, the 24th mm-hmm. is your birthday. Yes. Well, this is not on my calendar. I can't believe okay, I'm putting it in my calendar right now. Continue. Um, right. So we, yeah, generally my parents are also getting pretty old but that's beside the point generally when we visit my parents it's a lot about food and a lot about chill (laughs) um so we get a lot of good food uh both the birthday food and the christmas food and then uh, i get birthday gifts early on in the day because then that's my birthday and then the evening is reserved for christmas where we will exchange christmas presents um so that's that's what we do. Uh, we're not a religious family. Uh, I am not a religious person, and I don't think anybody in my family, at least not my immediate family, really is religious. So uh, all of the Christian, uh, you know, what's the word for that? The way it relates to uh, to Christianity is not something we care that much about, uh, mm-hmm. but we still celebrate it as a holiday. Um, and one of the I would say the most traditional thing we always do for Christmas is when we are at the Christmas tree in the evening waiting to unwrap the gifts, we will always sing a couple of traditional Danish Christmas songs. Can you sing one uh, of them for us? No, I do not want to, Shannon. Don't make me do <laughs> Can this. you record it for us when it occurs this year? <laughs> Absolutely and not. We then can replace the intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, That's yeah, cute. So can, they do that. I can picture However, that. This year for Christmas, we're actually not going on Christmas Eve, um, which is we're, we're going to be just relaxing, just me and Susie and the dog. Uh, obviously, with the dog here, uh, it's a bit different. It's a very young dog. It's only now it's three months old. Uh, so we will be visiting my parents on the afternoon of the Christmas day mm. with the dog. And then I will stay a couple of more days and Susie will take the dog home and take care of it. But it's not ready for a two or three day visit. Why do you call it an it yet, still? I don't know. Oh, I can say he. I mean, it's just it has a penis. the dog. 
right? It does. It is correct. Um, but yeah, I said the dog. Then it's just natural to say it. I don't know. Maybe I'll say he more in the future, Shannon, just yeah, for you. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that's cute. Yeah. I like that's that. That's it. I mean, it's it's pretty calm, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So no, chill that's, Christmas. That's great. Have, I, so. I don't know. I never even talked to you about this stuff, actually. So it's it's fascinating to kind of What about learn you? A little bit about you. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of the same ritual for a long time now. Uh, actually, I, I should rephrase my answer to you earlier. Some people do open Christmas gifts on the 24th in the U.S. I don't. I think it's depending on religion sometimes or just how the family feels. Mm-hmm. My family okay. has never been religious at all. Uh, technically, my dad, when he was alive, he had to convert to Islam, actually, which is interesting, to marry my mom. Uh, oh. but he was a Christian his whole life. Uh, we never went to church. We never went to mosque, nothing like that. So we don't really celebrate anything in terms of like from a religious aspect. Uh, Nikki's family is quite religious, but that's another story. Um, but in terms of what we do on the 24th, we always gather for dinner. Like we always have a huge dinner Christmas Eve. Uh, I've been starting a new tradition where people come to our house now, uh, and you know just hang out nothing special i think last year i don't know if we're going to continue on i like making things a lot different you know the thing mm-hmm. i don't like about holiday dinners typically <laughs> especially like I thanksgiving imagine. <laughs> all right tell me what you imagine just, and i'll tell you how it differs from the truth it's just i like making things different i just have this picture in my mind of people coming over for christmas and the whole decoration is just shit you know? just nikki literal. takes care of all the decorations i don't do jack just poop actually... everywhere it's a different yes. kind of christmas this year at shannon's it's a shit christmas so we so i mean typically for like uh i want to say thanksgiving and a lot of people for christmas eve or even christmas day they have like turkey and just like traditional right. stuff, mashed potato, like whatever the case may be. I can't stand these meals, honestly. They're, they're the absolute really? fucking worst. I think turkey as a lunch meat is fine. I like turkey as a lunch meat. But as just like a big turkey, it is one of the most disgusting things you can consume as a meat. Do you I'm think, not a fan. Too dry. Okay, I'm sorry for interrupting. Please do. you do. think turkey is, as a, as a country, no, as an animal, <laughs> do, you think, um, do you think it's just inferior to other foul or is it because you think people don't cook it well because my from what i've heard turkey is not a big thing in denmark we don't really have turkey that much as you guys Mm do uh, for holidays or whatever it's generally duck uh if we have something different or goose in denmark Um, i heard Mm -hmm. turkey very easily gets dry yeah it's very dry do you think it's more difficult to cook well and because of that the overall average cook at home will no. Not necessarily screw it up, but not make it really delicious. Other than and like frying it, which nobody would really do, like mm-hmm. breading it and frying it or something. I don't think there's a good way to cook a, a turkey because I've never had a good turkey. Now, again, mm-hmm. I don't know the differences and I'm uneducated on this, but lunch meat, turkey is my favorite lunch meat, actually. They don't taste right. nearly the same. In like sandwiches order. and stuff. Yeah, in like sandwiches. Or, um, okay. See, I just think it's inferior in every way. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Continue on with the traditions. And so what we started doing last year, which I think we'll do again this year, is just a barbecue. I, oh, that's nice. I, what I want to do is just have food I like. So we have a barbecue. Nikki made spaghetti last year, which her spaghetti is like God tier. We just make whatever the fuck. It doesn't have to be connected to it's anything. It's just stuff we like to eat. Spaghetti with barbecue? Yeah. Do you mean mac and cheese? No, so it's that's the only like American. That's the only American They're, side I know that goes with it's barbecue. Not a, no, spaghetti is not a side. Is, it's not a side. It's like it's oh, own so it's meal. like it's a spaghetti dish. Yes, 
Okay, it's a so big when, pot you of say, spaghetti. when you say spaghetti, in my head, I just have boiled pasta. So what is her spaghetti then? Oh, it's like with the red meat sauce. Um, okay. Gotcha. It's uh, In America, when we say spaghetti, that's just the only variation that we talk about, I guess. I guess. Okay. I didn't think from European perspective, it's probably different. Anyway, so that's the general Christmas Eve goodness. And then for uh, Christmas Day, we go to my parents' or my mom's place, and we all gathered around. It's my girlfriend, obviously, my brother, usually his wife, my two cousins, and my mom. That's so... Not much bigger than yours, but still pretty intimate. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. We've always been doing that. We open presents in the morning, which is always very difficult for me to get up, except when I was a kid <laughs> and I was obsessed with presents. And I would actually cry every Christmas. They always made a joke about this because I would never be happy with my present, Cinderin, ever. Oh, uh, that sounds so like spoiled. you. Yeah, I was very spoiled. So we, we always have... We always open gifts and we always have pancakes. My mom makes homemade oh. pancakes and they're amazing and i do something that i didn't think was weird until when i owned dc misery and resolution almost vomited looking at my plate at ihop i put a sunny side egg on top of my pancakes and i think it is the the best like one of the best dishes or best combinations you can make it tastes what else do you what else is on the pancake is it just the pancake with an egg pancake egg syrup maple syrup how much syrup I'm going to decide lot. if I'm vomiting right now a or not. Okay. I mean, because I, <laughs> I was like, pan- a pancake with egg on top doesn't actually sound that bad and like it wouldn't mash. Uh, so here's the mesh, thing, right? Mesh. <laughs> like, first of all, there's eggs in the pancakes. That's how you make pancakes. Right. Yeah. Number two, and this is more of an American outlook, I understand. Like, let's say you have eggs on the side and you have bacon on the side and you have your mm-hmm. pancakes on the center plate of your meal. If they combine right. or if you're eating it in combination, it's the same thing as just actually combining them to begin with. Like if you get maple syrup uh, on no, your bacon it is and you not, eat it, but if you get yeah. maple syrup on your bacon, will that bother you? I think it's delicious with maple syrup on the bacon mm. if it gets on there. It's whatever. I'm trying to come up with a really good example of how you could plate something where you eat individual parts after each other, but you right. can't just combine them into one. Okay, I, I, yes, I'm sure there's some can't. combinations that are not good. This but. is not one of them. I I know a lot of people right. can give me shit for this, but put a sunny side egg up on. On your pancake, it tastes fucking good. It, it doesn't. That doesn't sound disgusting or bad to me. Uh, but maybe the syrup is a little weird. But I'm honestly, I might like it. Well, I could syrup, totally see myself like it. So this. when you think of pancakes, what do you usually eat with? No, them? no, pancakes with syrup is great. It's more the egg plus syrup oh, that's a little that I'm not it's sure like about. I think pancake with egg treat. sounds great. Pancake yeah. with egg sounds great. Pancake with syrups is obviously great. Um, I just don't know if the combo will work. But I'm gotcha. not going to rule it out. I, I could try see it sometime. So. People shit on me all the time for this. It's like if I had to make a top three, we'll we'll make a rank list one day. That's so your your mom sure. makes extra sunny side up uh, eggs for you to put on the pancakes. My pancakes. brother does brother. it as well. Yeah, just us. Oh, he likes it too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a family thing for whatever reason. I, again, I didn't know it was even weird until the team looked at me <laughs> yeah. like I was an idiot. So we that's have right. the breakfast, we ha- open our presents, and then we always go to a movie. We have a Christmas movie. Oh, that's nice. And lately, we have not been able to agree on a movie to watch because everybody wants to watch something different. Everybody has terrible taste. So we've started to segregate and go to different movies. But this that's... year, Cinderin, okay, we finally agreed on a movie to You're watch. all going to watch In Bruges. <laughs> if only we would see In Bruges. <laughs> boy, oh boy, that would be great. I actually need to look at the name of the movie real quick because uh, I don't remember. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. 
that just came out. Oh. I actually am going to Google this good as we are talking. Good Clint. I mean, he's kind of a hit or a miss, honestly. Clint oh, Eastwood chance, movies. I mean, he had some really good ones for sure. Well, you look this up. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there almost always a big movie being released on the 25th? Yes. Like every year. Yeah. And there is. That's the thing. Like everything is closed right? on Christmas pretty much, but the movies are not. A lot of people are going to the movies these Right. These I mean, it's obviously an incredible date for business, right? So it makes yeah. complete sense to do it. Um, yep. But yeah, that, that kind of spills over into Denmark as well. I think I'm trying to remember which movies in the past got released during Christmas. I seem to remember Lord of the Rings. All three came out between Christmas and New Year, I want to say. Maybe Possibly. Harry Potter as well. Uh, the whole Wars. series, all of them. Star Wars generally has one between Christmas and New Year, yeah. So like all well, the really around, big fantasy stuff. At I least. think Star Wars has come out like a few days before Christmas consistently. Right. But it's the same age. It, it, it just makes frame. a lot of sense for that type of genre to come out at that time, right? Because that's the kind of movie that the whole family can watch. Yeah. It's like fantasy. It's somewhat kids-friendly, um, not too heavy. You know, it's it's good for Christmas. I think. The movie is called Richard Jewell. Uh, it looks really good. So hopefully it is. <clears throat> Anywho, that okay, is haven't the heard end. of it. Haven't watched it. <clears throat> watch the trailer, and then don't watch the the movie. Now, yep, speaking of that, Cinderin, have you watched it? No. Will you watch in Bruges? Yes. When? That is the really, really <laughs> exciting thing about this. I love how See, much you enjoy teasing me. The suspense, you know? the suspense, Shannon. It's not. There's no suspense look, anymore. We're we're at this point. Look, when I watch it, you won't even care anymore. Which is both good and bad because then yeah, I can I say whatever I want about it. But at the same I, time, it's also a bit of a shame because you could have been excited. I could have been. I mean, if you don't like it, I'm going to rail you. Not in a sexual you know way, but... You know. I, will make you a, I will make you a promise. So I basically... I never watch movies alone. Never. I actually okay. cannot think... Or not true. <clears throat> let me rephrase that. I never watch movies alone except when I'm on a flight. That is the only time I will watch a movie alone. Okay. So uh, when I watch movies, if I go to the theater, it's with my girlfriend or with friends. If we watch stuff at home like series or whatever, Netflix, we will watch it together. I don't watch stuff alone. But... Okay. If I get on a flight that has in Bruges, I will watch it no matter what. No, alone. I told you. If we I talked don't, about this. We talked about this. You can't watch it on a plane because they're going to cut everything that's good out of it. Please. If I don't get to watch it on a plane, I will watch it, but I will watch it with somebody else. I need to convince somebody to watch it with me. I just, I just really don't watch movies alone. I just don't at home. I, I don't. Next event we're at? I don't. <clears throat> we're we watching watch it, it together. together. I'm down. Sure. We can we can we'll we can tape live it. stream it and get sued. <laughs> we will tape it, except we'll only show our hands. Uh, ho- we're holding our hands together as we watch, okay. so we don't get any copyright infringement. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. I believe <laughs> next week, uh, the New Year. By the way, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you guys celebrate, even if it's nothing. Uh, happy. Happy whatever. Um, and for happy next times. week, I believe that we are recording a day earlier and actually releasing it a day earlier because i will be gone um so yeah just right so this episode when is this episode going up so yeah for those that don't know this is pre-recorded and we're releasing it on the usual schedule which is tuesday so it is coming out on christmas eve Okay. That's right. Christmas Eve and that special also, for everybody. Now it also makes a little more sense to you guys that Shannon is not saying happy birthday to me after I literally told him it's my birthday on the 25th. Fuck! Damn, happy really, birthday, Cinderin. Really Technically, 
It's the 23rd it's for us date. right now. Right. And my calendar hasn't notified me that's the 24th yet for you. So it you're going to have to wait for tomorrow. I'm not saying happy anything other than it, Merry Christmas and Happy New it Year. It isn't everybody. the 24th for me. Why would it be the 24th for me? No, I'm, oh, you I'm mean that my birthday is the 24th. Yes. Right. Thank you for catching okay. on. You know what? Don't watch in Bruges. You're not going to understand it. All right. Thanks no, for I watching, everybody. I don't get complicated stuff. Till next time, Suns Fan Cinderin signing out. Happy Why am I horse. Here? We say things don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.